The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist Marketeers 4DC. Hello, welcome to The Echo Chamber PR podcast. This is Arun Sudharman, editor of The Homes Report. Thank you for joining us and thanks as always to Marketeers 4DC for helping us deliver today's show. I'm joined by Myron Wasilik, who is the CEO of PBN Hiller Knowlton Strategies in Russia, the Ukraine, and Kazakhstan. Myron, welcome to our show. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. We're here to talk a little bit about Russia, a country that has been in the news to some extent recently, but in particular to look at what all of it means, I guess, for um, public relations firms operating in the country, and in particular, international PR firms. Obviously, there are sanctions, and then there's various geopolitical issues. How would you characterize the situation at the moment for an international firm like PBN, H&K? You know, I'm reminded by a quote that a friend of mine told me some while ago, uh, somebody that's lived in this part of the world as long as I have, which has been almost, you know, 20 years, that when you read the headlines, it's never quite as good or as bad as portrayed by the news media. Mm-hmm. So with that, I, I want to say that, uh, you know, yes, it's a challenging uh, business environment, but uh, we've seen these uh, business environments uh, go up and down uh, over, the, over the course of the last 20 years. So I think it's just a matter of adapting to it and, and we're doing it. So uh, mm-hmm. business is, is challenging, but it's not something that we're not going to get through. And when you say challenging, in what way? Have PR budgets from international companies been slashed? Uh, Well, obviously, you know, we're very much uh, tied to the economy and uh, the economy began going into recession sort of at the end of last year. Mm -hmm. And there's many reasons for this, many causes. Uh, Some of it is uh, lack of structural reforms, obviously the price of oil, the devaluation of the ruble, and on top of all that, the negative impact from the Western uh, sanctions. So, you know, the causes are, you know, are, are what they are. Uh, And they're having an impact on various sectors of the economy, some of which uh, we work with, some of which we're not going to be working with. But uh, for the most part, the sands are shifting. So we're looking for the opportunities in those parts of the economy that are not being hit uh, so drastically by the economic slump. Mm. And which parts of the economy do you see there being opportunity Well, um, I think, you know, if you look at where the growth has been over the last uh, five years, it certainly has been in the consumer market. Consumer spending has really driven the economy here. And that has, uh, because of the oil price, the the devaluation of the ruble, that has certainly uh, dropped. Uh, We see uh, basically there's three areas that we're looking at right now. One is obviously the global companies that are in the market and have to be in the market. Uh, Russia is 12 million plus people, sixth largest city in the world. Uh, So the global economy is here and we're servicing those global clients. Uh, Secondly, uh, there are the Russian clients uh, that have a global footprint and we're servicing those clients uh, in terms of uh, trying to positioning them outside of Russia into those geographies where they're doing business. This is where we kind of see our, our, our general business uh, continuing to grow. Mm, okay. And how about in terms of geography? Because your firm is active beyond Russia in Ukraine and Kazakhstan. How are those markets? Well, I think that uh, the Kazakhstan market is a market that continues to grow and has grown uh, since the global financial crisis in 2009. 
Uh, Ukraine, obviously, because of the, the hostilities, uh, I would say the situation there is quite severe and the business uh, environment is, uh, is very uh, desperate, I would say, at this point. I think the Russian market has got a lot more uh, flexibility and isn't impacted so much by these events. Where does the bulk of the spend come from in terms of public relations in Russia? I mean, you mentioned the consumer market, but, you know, what about, for example, utilities? It's a huge energy sector, and then, mm -hmm. and then of course, financial as well. The spends are certainly, I would say, in the consumer market, of course, uh, mm -hmm. for in the energy sector. I, with regard to our business, I would say that right now we're seeing a very strong demand for public affairs services across many industry sectors, mm. uh, energy, metals, mining, telecommunications, uh, retail, foodstuffs. Um, you know, clients are wanting to get a grasp on the legislative and regulatory framework. Uh, we're doing a lot of work with them in terms of crisis planning, risk mitigation, uh, how to continue being engaged uh, with uh, stakeholders during a lull in the relationship uh, because of the sanctions. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is where we're seeing the bulk of our business come in. Mm. Obviously, we're seeing uh, you know continued interest in the social media activation engagement of the Marines very strong, and corporate communications and executive positioning. Uh, because the market is so big, we continue to see uh, a large demand for these types of services. You mentioned the importance of trying to maintain a relationship despite the so-called lull because of sanctions uh, and presumably maintaining relationships with key people in government. How difficult is that to do? It's not very difficult. Uh, I mean, the point is that most of the investors are here to stay uh, mm. and everybody is treating the, uh, the economic uh, downturn really as a lull. And uh, so the, the challenge really is to keep the relationships uh, fresh when uh, there's limited business going on. And that's, uh, that's something that, uh, you know, it requires a creative approach. Uh, many companies are engaging in more CSR activities, uh, more interaction, more channels of communication with officials, although there's not much business going on. Mm -hmm. So it's a very important thing to keep the, uh, the channels open, to continue expressing the fact that, you know, Russia is a key market, uh, that there is uh, key investment opportunities here, and although there may not be a lot of engagement, you know, companies continue to look for those opportunities in terms of expanding their business, expanding their, uh, their product base uh, in, in the market. Um, and how about the industry as a whole? I mean, talking particularly about international public relations firms, do you get the sense that overall they are struggling? From what I gathered, uh, those that are in certain niche markets may be a little bit more subject to the harsh uh, realities of the harsh, the harsh downturn. Mm. Uh, because our business really is quite diversified in the full service uh, that we're providing to, to clients, uh, ranging from public affairs, corporate comms, crisis, uh, social media act activation, marketing comms, I mean, our, our spectrum of services really kind of keeps a good balance uh, for us. I know that some that are, you know, particularly those that are working in the financial communications uh, mm -hmm. area, investor relations, uh, it's a tough time. There's not a lot of financial transactions going on in the market. So uh, I, I would imagine they're, they're hurting. But we're doing actually quite okay. I do hear news every now and then that um, some international agencies are actually considering pulling out of the country. I mean, how would you see a move like that? That would be a mistake. You know, pulling out in times of trouble or in times of a downturn sends, I think, the wrong signal to the market.
as I mentioned, we've been in the market since uh, 1991 and have seen very various uh, ebbs and flows, uh, mm. ups and downs in the marketplace. And um, leaving this market is not even being considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if a company has got a, a solid business in this market, uh, they can withstand uh, the ups and downs, and uh, and we're certainly in, at that point. Okay, and Myron, before you go, I, I'd be interested to hear your opinion of Russia's kind of reputation on the global stage. It's definitely an issue that I think is is of interest to people within Russia, uh, and I wonder how you see it, how Russia is perceived internationally, outside the country, compared to how it's perceived domestically? Well, obviously, I think Russia's perception abroad is very much uh, tied to its, um, I would say, national and international uh, foreign policy objectives. Mm-hmm. The fact that uh, over the last several uh, months, uh, Russia's reputation, particularly in Western countries, has taken a beating, I think, reflects their, I would say, disengagement uh, from the West, if you will. Mm. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, Russia is looking at uh, other markets uh, where it is quite active. Obviously, you know, China, uh, India, Brazil, the Middle East, the Gulf. And there, I think that, you know, Russia is an important uh, player and an important uh, market. Um, I was just in Dubai earlier this week. Dubai has a, uh, a shopping week uh, in, in January, and uh, Russians are the biggest, uh, some of the biggest spenders and consumers at that, uh, at that event. Mm. Uh, this, this year, the fact that the Russians weren't there um, basically has caused them to say that it's been the worst shopping week uh, in, <laughs> the, uh, in the last decade. Mm. Uh, so I think that um, you know, the, uh, the Russian footprint is, uh, is quite strong around the globe. Mm. And uh, it may be taking a beating, say, in the West, but in other areas, it's, it has a different, uh, I would say, uh, image. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it, it certainly reflects the, I would say, the, the, the policies of the government at this moment. And those policies, they're not resulting in any changes, you know, in terms of the government's domestic perceptions. As you see, uh, and as you've read in the newspapers, uh, the support for uh, the popularity of the leadership is quite strong. Mm. So obviously, uh, this uh, this does not this is not resonating with the public. Uh, I mm-hmm. think alternatively, they're seeing that uh, there's a uh, the the leadership uh, is is strong and um, sort of protecting or, or fostering the interests of the national interests abroad. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, re-emerging uh, Russia as a as a global power, and I think this is resonating with the population. Right. Um, so I think that is kind of a partial explanation of why you know the the image is taking a beating in the West, while at home, you know, the um, the support is quite high. Do you think it matters that the image is taking a beating in the West? Uh, you know, of course uh, it matters, but the question is really to what degree. You know, business-wise, business that have an interest or, uh, in Russia and uh, can offer their, their products and services here uh, are going to be looking at the fundamentals and not so much uh, on, on the, well, looking at the fundamentals and also looking in the, at the environment to see when to invest or whether further to invest. Um, you know, it's tough to make those boardroom decisions uh, back in London or in New York if the environment and the reputation uh, is what it is today. But um, I think that, uh, you know, if that, that will change over time, and I think that, uh, the, as they say, the long-term fundamentals of Russia are so strong that uh, sooner or later that, the, that business will, will have to come back to this market. Mm. That's the Russian thinking. Right. Okay. 
Well, Myron, thank you so much for your time today, and uh, good luck with everything. Uh, and we hope to have you back on the show soon. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. I'm joined on the line now by Elena Fedeva, who is Director General of Fleischmann Hillard Vanguard, one of Russia's top PR agencies. Elena has joined us to talk about a new code to improve ethical standards at Russia's PR agencies. Elena, welcome to the Echo Chamber podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor for me to be here. Thank you. So I wondered if we could start by perhaps you telling us a little bit about this new code of ethics uh, and, and why you feel it's necessary. As professionals and executives who deal with sensitive information, public opinion and reputation, we have the responsibility to conduct ourselves in the highest ethical manner. However, until now, the communications profession in Russia lacked a unified code of ethical practice. So we have been driven by the need to set up a really unified ethical standards and principles in the industry. And this was something that brought us to develop the code of ethics and communications in Russia. It is not limited to a particular area of communications, but rather it covers all aspects and practices from working with media to working with government, internal communications, public affairs. The code is also made unique by the fact that it is accepted as a standard by majority of organizations that unite agencies, corporations, media, government organizations. We actually brought on board um, over eight organizations that unite majority of communications professionals in Russia. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that this code of ethics will work to empower communication professionals in our country to act with integrity and transparency. And we believe that would add credibility um, to our profession and enhance it in addition to developing and growing our market. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of the ethical issues that agencies in Russia face. And I should start actually by saying that you know, Russia is hardly alone in being a country where uh, public relations agencies and communications professionals do face some ethical issues. What are the typical lapses that you've seen when it comes to ethics in PR in Russia? Um, let me begin by saying that it's not just the practice that mm-hmm. was lacking this code of ethics. It was rather a lack of, you know, standards, rules of engagements. Uh, on one side, there have always been quite a lot of communications professionals like us, for example, being a partner with Fleischmann Hillert, we have always, since 1993 in Russia, have been following the ethical standards of behavior. But there were a lot of professionals who would want to practice the ethical PR, but would need standards and guidance um, in order to do so. And Russian legislation has been limited in terms of providing this guidance. So we saw that there are certain clusters where we need to go and set the standards from the overview of understanding what the ethical behavior is to principles of how to work with media and in return how media should engage with communication professionals in an ethical manner. We have also worked on um, standards of engaging with the government because again this is uh, an area in terms of public affairs and GR where in Russia guidelines are extremely important 
Also, we believed um, it was necessary to enhance the competition process when corporations and agencies compete with each other in the public field and the standard of these gentlemen's games were also very important. Also, um, we covered the area of internal communications, how to build communications with your staff in an ethical manner. And probably the last challenge, which was the biggest challenge of all, is the social media. Because obviously everywhere in the world it's a new and developing medium and the rules of what is ethical and what is not ethical there are still developing. So we believe we're quite forward in our code of ethics in terms of covering the social media. Okay, thanks for that. I mean, how difficult do you think it is for agencies to behave in an ethical manner? I mean, we saw a situation a couple of years ago when an international agency, Edelman, for example, actually closed down its operation in Moscow because it was concerned about some ethical lapses. So given that, and this is a big international agency, do you feel it's difficult for PR professionals in Russia to adhere to ethical standards? If we're looking across the market, this is definitely a challenge. But you have in to keep in mind that we have a sector of communications in Russia, which is primarily international communications firms, such as ours, for example. And we work with multinationals in Russia and also with the lar largest Russian corporations. So all three groups here follow the best international ethical principles. We also follow the Foreign Corrupt Practice Act, the British anti-corruption legislation. So there is quite a big block of uh, this communication sector in Russia, which is actually quite ethical as of today. And our driver was actually to spread this ethical sector uh, beyond the initial group of, of these agencies and companies. Mm. So you mean, for example, domestic Russian PR agencies? Exactly. And again, I'm not trying to say that all domestic agencies do not follow the standards. I'm saying that the most professional and the most sort of advanced agencies do that as well, because there is an understanding in Russia that it is actually correct and proper to follow the ethics and communications. But outside of the top 10 agencies in Russia, there is obviously a much bigger field. Mm -hmm. And in order to change the market, we wanted to spread the standards and spread the rules. Now, let's talk a little bit about the standards. How do you plan to enforce them and how do you plan to address dispute resolution? Well, we started with creating a group that would unite communications professionals, academia, analysts, lawyers to put together a charter that would be accepted by majority of communications associations in Russia. This charter has been reviewed by ethical uh, groups or um, ethical committees of all these organizations. So first of all, we created something that everybody agrees on. And then um, after having uh, a very big public discussion about this code of ethics and having it accepted by majority of uh, business and communications associations, we are today at the moment when we are working on creating a ethics resolution committee that is going to be looking at disputes and discussing questions in regards to the practicing according to this code of ethics. 
But as far as I can tell, the enforcement itself, it's a self-regulating mechanism. Absolutely. This is something that uh, it is up to a goodwill of most participants in the sector of communications in Russia. But the, the goodwill is there. Obviously, it is a long road that we have taken. And this code of ethics is a living organism. It is going to evolve and change with time. Mm-hmm. And we believe it will take us several years ahead to completely incorporate all the ethical standards in everyday practices. Mm-hmm. But this is something that we started on. We have already in, in about one year achieved uh, a lot. And um, we see a lot of possibilities in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the things we've seen with codes of this nature is that the problem often is the lack of strong incentives to observe ethical principles and conversely a lack of strong penalties when people breach specific ethical principles. How do you hope to kind of address those issues? We believe um, it is a matter of, first of all, education. And secondly, the dispute commission is going to be reviewing those issues. Frankly speaking, when it comes to penalties, um, in Russia there are quite a lot of laws that penalize the extremely unethical behavior. So, of course, uh, it's a matter of uh, practice of these laws too. Uh, But let's leave the extreme unethical behavior to the laws and regulations. Uh, we're dealing with the medium size of the problem, so to say. Uh, we believe with years to come, more and more companies and more and more agencies would be following the code of ethics. Because you see, if, for example, a multinational PR firm in Russia um, is conducting communications campaign, the firm has to follow its international principles and international code of ethics. Um, If this firm is working with a multinational corporation which has internal principles as well, basically that's a secret to success in ethics. Um, These organizations are going to work according to their internal principles and um, in most cases principles of a multinational corporation and an international agency would actually match. So our driver is to involve more Russian agencies, it is to involve more mid-sized Russian corporations because some of the largest Russian companies, they do have internal ethical codes and ethical standards and there would be quite a lot of internal mechanisms to oversee that um, the company employees would follow those practices. So we believe by involving the mid-sized Russian corporations and Russian agencies, we would create an environment where it is standard to actually practice public relations in an ethical manner. And just for the benefit of our listeners, could you provide just a few examples of what you would call medium-sized ethical problems? I mean, not the the really obvious, the, the big ones which are legislated for, but the type of thing um, which may not be subject to laws, which may be happening within the PR industry. When I was talking about the major ethical issues, I was obviously referring to corruption. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're talking about the mid-sized problems, and that would probably be connected with transparency towards uh, the media, t- transparency in the social media, mm-hmm. transparency with competitors. Mm-hmm. So a very big part of ethics is about transparency. And this is something that we have to work on. 
Yelena, thank you very much for your time today. It's a pleasure to have you on the Echo Chamber. Thank you very much, and it's great to hear your voice, and uh, I hope I have contributed. Good luck with the code. I'm sure we will be back to check in again about it. Thank you very much. I'll be happy to share our progress. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Marketeers 4DC for producing today's show. We'll be back in a couple of weeks.